Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host, Matthew Bruni. You can hit me up at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. All right, what is going on, guys? It is Tuesday, September 25th. It's Matt, back at it again. Uh, I said I'd be back to break down the rest of the afternoon Sunday slate. I'm going to do that. I will also break down the Monday night football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, There will be no Tuesday podcast with Mr. John Hamlers today. He had some family issues come up and was not able to get anything done. So we'll just be releasing my stuff today. While I probably am not quite as good as him as the hold and fold and the waiver wire stuff, I'll go ahead and give my thoughts on some of the waiver wire guys uh, that I would add and kind of my value on them. Uh, in certain, I'm, I'm on it. In all honesty, going to go straight off uh, ESPN's uh, ownership ranks uh, just because everybody uses something different. Most of my leagues are in Flea Flicker and MFL, and I'm in more Dynasty leagues than anything else. So chances are. The players that I have available are complete crap or skank compared to uh, what you guys have, especially if you're in a redraft league. So I'm going to take a look at those and kind of, again, I'll use ESPN's uh, rankings or their their list of uh, ownage percentages for each player and just kind of give you the guys that are uh, not owned in as many leagues that I think are, are worth it for my waiver wire stuff and then uh, I will do that after all the uh, game breakdowns and then that'll probably be it I'll finish up the last ones like I said of the Sunday slate do the Monday night recap and then the waiver wire stuff uh, and then I'll head on out of here uh, you know doing this late unfortunately had a, an accident at work today so really just trying to to knock this out get this done for you guys uh, and then we'll get back at it again tomorrow with more in-depth stuff on rankings what I got wrong what are my week four rankings? Uh, obviously, we got bye weeks coming up, which is a big deal. Um, this is really when the the depth of your roster is going to be tested. So hopefully, you guys, you know, were able to draft really good or build depth on your rosters through the waiver wires and the draft. And you guys will be ready for these uh, this first bye weeks because we got a couple of big guys that are going to be missing uh, this week for the bye weeks. You know, just off the top of my head, I know for one, Christian McCaffrey, Cam Newton, uh, not going to be fun to be be without those two guys. Uh, in this week four, in the week four matchup. So let's get right into it. Um, we, there is some breaking news. I guess we'll go over that real quick. I apologize. We'll go over the breaking news really quick and then we'll jump into the game reviews. All 
All right, so really the only thing going on uh, with the breaking news is this Everson uh, Griffin story, the Vikings uh, stud defensive end. Uh, I'm not sure how many people have really heard about it, and I don't want to jump too much into it just because I personally don't know everything going on with it, and I'm I'm not a doctor, uh, so it, it's kind of hard to say. But a lot of people, uh, he so he didn't play Sunday, and all that we were told was that it was due to a personal matter. It seems to be some issue he's been struggling with uh, or battling, and, and it's a serious mental health thing. Uh, they haven't really come out and given us much. There was reports going around that he tried to break into a teammate's house and was arrested. That has been refuted uh, by multiple inside sources in the Vikings organization. Um, you know, I don't know if if that's been per the police that that hasn't happened or that he wasn't arrested over the weekend. You know, realistically, <clears throat> all we know is that he willingly willingly went to a hospital to get himself checked out. So. Just hoping for the best for him. You know, I wouldn't uh, read too much into these stories. The chances of him, I mean, he's, in my opinion, he's got to be ruled out for Thursday. I haven't seen if that's a for sure thing, but I can't imagine that he's, never mind, I see it right here. He did, he is ruled out. So that is going to hurt that defense just a little bit. He is one of the better defensive ends in the game. Uh, you know, but obviously his health and mental health comes before anything else. So we're obviously hoping and wishing for the best for him. That's really the only thing that's come down breaking news-wise. I did just want to kind of address that, uh, though not a not a big deal. Just something to throw out there dealing with that stud Vikings defense. All right, so for the rest of the game breakdowns, we're going to go right into the San Francisco 49ers losing to the Kansas City Chiefs 27-38. Uh, obviously, the big news for San Francisco, we talked about yesterday with Jimmy G tearing his ACL. Uh, I made a joke. I apologize for those of you who reached out, said that it's CJ Beathard. I do know that. Uh, just his name is spelt beat hard. That's just how I've always said it. I should have clarified. I know his name is said Beathard. Uh, but for CJ Beathard, um, you know, he was okay last year. He had some very good games and then some very bad games. I really think this downgrades their whole offense. Uh, you know, I wouldn't trust Marquise Goodwin, Pierre Garçon. You know, I, I don't hate George Kittle because I do feel that he's going to have someone to, he's going to have to rely on. I could see that being George Kittle, mainly because he'll be kind of in the short area, uh, not going too deep. But it's just, man, it's scary for me. This 49ers offense looks so good with Jimmy G. I know he was struggling a little bit, uh, but I, I, I had belief in Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy G. George Kittle, Goodwin, Brita, all these guys, and just to see the rash of injuries they've suffered this year, uh, it just sucks for this team altogether. Matt Brita had a hyperextended knee. He is expected to be fine. Did have the 10 carries for 90 yards, which was good. Uh, a lot, Like I said, when, when I heard that he had the hyperextended knee, I wasn't even sure he was going to come back in. Uh, he did add 27 yards on the ground, so altogether a very good fantasy day for him. Not quite what he did last week with the plus 20 points, but still a very good game. Obviously, him getting into, if he would have gotten into the end zone, would have helped. That went to Alfred Morris, who added 67 yards on the ground with the touchdown. Uh, again, I think this is going to continue to be a, a shared backfield. I do think Matt Breida is going to get a lion's share of the work, but Alfred Morris is not going away, guys. He's going to be there because while I'm sure the 49ers think it, and I think it myself, Matt Breida cannot, uh, I don't think, hold a workhorse role in this offense. He's just He doesn't have the body and the build for it. 
so that's again just my opinion. I could be wrong on that. I just don't see him being a guy who's going to take the ball every down. Uh, the leading receiver for the 49ers Sunday was George Kittle. He did have the 79 yards. Uh, so Marquise Goodwin was back in this game, uh, not not 100% healthy, but still played just 30 yards on three catches, but did get a touchdown, uh, which was good to see. Pierre Garçon almost non-existent. You know, really didn't see anything out of anybody else in this offense besides Kittle, Brita, and then somewhat of of Goodwin. Hopefully, within the next week, he'll be, um, you know, every week I think that he gets a decent amount of rest. He's going to get better and better. So hopefully we'll be able to see him kind of progress into being the stud that he kind of was last year. you got to remember, he actually did pretty good with C.J. Beathard last year. So he may not be that much of a downgrade, but I would still downgrade everybody but George Kittle with Jimmy G being out. Um, on the Kansas City side of things here, I mean, just Patrick Mahomes, he just does it again. I mean, what can what can you not say about this guy? 24, 38 for 314 yards, three touchdowns. A quarterback rating of 115.5 is just ridiculous. And while I, uh, I keep saying this every week, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Him struggling, you know, yet again, he, he gets it done. Kareem Hunt here, in my opinion, was not that good. Uh, I mean, if you were to look at his box score, it would look good somewhat with the 18 carries, and we know he's getting the ball, but only 44 yards. I know he got the two touchdowns, but that's just a 2.4 average. And, and I'll be honest, I don't know if it's something where he's just struggling to get through holes or they're tr- struggling to make holes, or maybe... It is just the fact that Patrick Mahomes just seems like is scoring on like every other touchdown drive through the air that it's not allowing Kareem Hunt to kind of rush the ball more and show us that uh, leading rusher ability that he had last year. I don't know which one it is, but I am a little bit worried about Kareem Hunt. Now, obviously, if he's going to score every week, it might not matter, but just 44 yards on, on 18 carries is, at least for me, a little bit concerning. Um on on the wide receiver side here, so Travis Kelsey, yet again, he, he showed up for the second week in a row, 114 yards. Uh, Sammy Watkins again, 55 yards in the touch. I think if, if the offense is going to continue looking like this, I think Sammy Watkins is someone you just got to put in your flex spot and be done with it. You know, I know that a lot of people are worried about him. We all know that he has this stretch of good games, and then he goes back into like that nothing or gets you a couple points here and there, but... I think you just kind of, at this point, have to live with it. This offense has looked so prolific with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes that whoever you have in it, I think you. I mean, unless you're, we're talking about like Chris Conley or Spencer Ware, you know, don't don't start them. But you know, the Tyree Kills of the world, Sammy Watkins, Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, you're just you got to start them and then hope for the best. If it doesn't work out, chances are they're going to get you a shit ton of points the next week. So. You know, for me, Sammy Watkins, I think at this point, has got to go in your wide receiver two or flex spot every week. Uh, Tyree Kill, just 51 yards this week on two catches. Great job going up and getting a ball, though, over two defenders. Not something I expected to see out of him as, as small as he is. Doesn't get the touchdown here, but still a fairly decent day uh, fantasy-wise with the two catches and 51 yards. You know, I'll, I'll take seven points out of out of him every day, obviously, because you know you're going to get a lot of games with the 20-plus points from him as well. So if on his bad day he's giving you seven points, that's still pretty good. Other than that, though, I mean, just... 
Patrick Mahomes, I mean, at this point, I think he's going to have to end up being a top three quarterback. It's probably where we're going to end up having him at the end of the year. Uh, you know, I still need to go over some stuff. There's still some guys who have proven themselves that I would take over Mahomes. I don't think these defenses have really been able to kind of key on him that much because he really only had the one game last year. Now that they've got three games, we'll see if anybody tries anything different uh, to get him off his uh, his hot start. I do think Denver could be some trouble for him just because of how good that D-line is for Denver. I think if they get pressure on him, they might be able to slow him down. Uh, next, the Battle of Los Angeles didn't go quite the way I thought it would. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers losing 23-35, to and my goodness, this Rams offense is just good. For Los Angeles side of things here, Phillip Rivers, so-so day, 226 in the air, two touchdowns, Melvin Gordon, 80 yards on the ground, 5.3 yards average with a touch. Austin Eckler here with 47 yards on the ground as well, which is kind of key to me. Uh, I've been a very noted uh, Melvin Gorder um, hater, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, I don't think he's very uh, hashtag good at football. I think he's a little bit overrated. He gets most of his work in the receiving game. Didn't get much of that there, uh, but obviously got the 80 yards on the ground. But if Eckler continues to eat into his workload, I think that could spell bad news for Gordon. And my guy Justin Jackson just got called up. Love this kid. Likely he's only going to be a special teams player and not do anything offensive-wise. But he is definitely someone I thought could eat into both Gordon and Eckler's workload. Uh, if given the shot, he was a great running back at Northwestern, could kind of do it all. So definitely interested to see what he could do. Uh, for the receiving side of things, I called it on Friday's podcast. Thought Mike Williams was going to have himself a good day, and he did. 81 yards and two touchdowns. Mike Williams is firmly in set as the wide receiver, too, here. I don't want to hear anything more about Tyrell Williams. It's it's Mike Williams, guys. Big, big boy Mike Williams has shown up. He's going to be the number two opposite Keenan Allen. Uh, so definitely, if you have a chance, get him. He is one of my waiver wire guys to definitely get. Uh, Keenan Allen, just 44 yards here. Not a great day, but then again, playing against a stout Rams defense, I have a feeling he will bounce back fairly, or not fairly easily, but I have a feeling he'll bounce back next week. Rams side of things here, I mean, Jared Goff, just he continues to impress me. I'm not going to lie. 26, 29 of 36 with 354 yards. Uh, he had three touchdowns and an interception. While I still do believe this is mostly Sean McVay and his offense because the dude is just a, he's got the brilliant mind. He is very good at what he does. Um, you know, Jared Goff is going to be a recipient of that, so he's going to continue to have good weeks on the ground. Obviously, it was all Todd Gurley all day long. Uh, you know, 105 yards on the ground and a touchdown, and he's just going to keep doing this, guys. You know, if you have the number one overall pick, chances are you took Gurley. Good for you because you're probably winning most of your matchups with the amount of points that this dude has put up. I can, I, I am interested to see what he does against the Vikings this Thursday, but we will definitely touch on that more on Thursday when we break down the Thursday night game, but still a good game for Gurley, still top running back. In the NFL, Robert Woods finally had that uh, kind of big breakout game this year. Not doing much the past two games. Came through here, 104 yards and two touchdowns. Brandon Cooks yet again comes through with 90 yards. And Cooper Cup gets a touchdown with 71 yards. 
Uh, a lot of that coming on the 53-yard play where he kind of broke a tackle and took it to the house. Uh, you know, but all three of these guys, in my opinion, are starts every week. Sean McVay has seemed to have found out how to get Brandon Cooks to produce every single week. Uh, where other guys, his other coaches in Sean Payton and Josh McDaniels weren't. Um, I, I just I can't see sitting Cooks in the past. He showed that he could be taken out. Though, again, I think some of that had to do with the play calling where McVay just seems to be light years ahead of everybody and is scheming these guys open like nobody's business. Tight end was here, nothing really. I mean, Higby had 35 yards, but just I think this place is really realistically a fantasy uh, wasteland. When it comes to tight ends, it's really these three wide receivers and obviously Todd Gurley and Jared Goff, and that is it. Uh, the next game up, if you could call it a game, was the Cowboys losing to the Seahawks 13-24. Uh, I guess with the Cowboys side here, it would be fairly easy. Yet again, Dak struggles, 168 yards in the air, one touchdown, two interceptions. Did add 21 yards on the ground, but nothing here, guys. I mean, I really... I think this is just they're just a bad team. That's the best way to put it. They can't seem to get their wide receivers into the game. I mean their best wide receiver was uh George Swain, I believe is uh was it was it their tight end? With uh yeah. With forty seven yards in the air. I mean that's in I'm sorry, Geoff Swain, I said George. Um you know, Cole Beasley right behind him with 46 yards, but they just haven't been able to get that, that explosive rookie Michael Gallup in the game at all. Alan's Her- Alan Hearns has been nobody. You know, Zeke Elliott still 127 yards on the ground, had a crucial fumble, uh, which may have been, or at least made this game more interesting had he been able to get in. Uh, I think this is what Zeke's going to be all year long. He's going to get you points, but he's not going to have that huge game unless he's able to score, uh, and he wasn't here. And, you know, like I said, Scott Linehan, I just think he's a bad play caller. Not sure about Jason Garrett anymore as a head coach, though I'm not a huge Cowboys fan. Uh, so, you know, I'd love to hear Cowboy fans, Cowboys fans' thoughts on that, uh, where they think those guys are. Uh, but until this offensive line comes back, I, I just think it's, it's not good for Dak. This is, in my opinion, a make-or-break year for him. I believe after... Is it next year? I'll have to look more into it. I think he can become a free agent after next year, but I know, at least if I remember correctly in reading some stuff about him earlier this year, he wanted to try and get the talks of a new contract done in the offseason. But if he continues to play this poorly, I'm not sure the Cowboys are going to pay him at least what he thinks he's worth. On Seattle's side here, Russell Wilson uh, struggled fairly mightily against this defense, which I do think is a little bit underrated, the Cowboys' defense. Just 192 yards in the air, did get the two touchdowns, uh, didn't do anything really rushing-wise here, which he usually does when he's trying to make plays out of nothing. Uh, Rushing-wise, though, for this team, I mean, Chris Carson had himself a day. 32 carries and 122 yards and the touchdown who just outworked Rashad Penny big time, who only got the three carries. And I think this is exactly what we needed to see in this backfield. For me right now, I'm trusting Chris Carson going forward unless they do. And realistically, I think you can still only do that week to week. I would trust Chris Carson this week. Um, But if they go back to giving these guys split carries again, then, I mean, I don't think you can trust either one of them. But I think Chris Carson showed up in a big way this week, and I think that helped his stock. Uh, Receiving-wise here, I mean, Tyler Lockett had the 77 yards and a touchdown again. All that coming on one big play, though, the 52-yard gain uh, where he was open down the field. And that's just kind of what Tyler Lockett is. I think if you're playing him in your flex spot, 
that's exactly what you're hoping for, kind of what Tyreek Hill was a couple years ago. You're hoping for the long play and the touchdown. Otherwise, you're probably just getting a little bit of, you know, a couple catches and maybe 50 yards here and there. Nothing special. Uh, Jerron Brown also had a touchdown. I'd like to see him more involved in this offense. I think he is very talented, but just the 25 yards and the touchdown. So we still need to see more out of him again. Much like Dallas, though, Seattle's offensive line is just poor. Uh, and until they can, I think, fix that, I, I just don't see much fantasy coming out of Seattle, at least this year. Uh, next up, a surprisingly interesting game for me. The Chicago Bears beating the Arizona Cardinals 16-14. to uh, For the Bears side of things here, Mitch Trubisky just continues to struggle. 220 in the air, one interception, and... I'm going to take some blame on, on, on Trubisky here. I did tout him a little bit in the offseason. I thought he could break through. I did kind of, uh, what I guess, uh, pull back on that a little bit the closer we got to the season, just the way he looked in the preseason. Uh, realistically, though, I think Mitch is the only thing in this offense that worries me. Their running backs are good. They have great wide receivers, two good tight well, one good tight end until Shaheen comes back. And Mitch Trubisky just does not is not able to put it together. I don't know what it is about Trubisky. Maybe it's he only played the 13 games in college uh, and then coming into the NFL, or maybe the just offense isn't built that well for him. I'm not sure, uh, but I'm definitely pulling back some on Trubisky. I'm not, I'm not as sold on him as others are. Uh, obviously, in the rushing game here, disappointed in Jordan, ha- Jordan Howard. Uh, I predicted that he would go for 100 yards and two touchdowns. He did get the one touchdown. Just 61 yards on the ground, though. Uh, Arizona was giving up over 100 yards on the ground, so I am disappointed that Howard can only get the 61. Uh, Tariq Cohen, though, 53 yards on the ground, though. Again, both those kind of just really long runs. So, you know, it was really good for him. Five, uh, I'm sorry, five carries. I don't know why I thought he had two. Five carries with the 53 yards. I just kind of think he's being pushed out of this offense. Uh, Jordan Howard, a lot of the reason so many people were high on Cohen is because they felt uh, Howard could not catch the ball. He's clearly proven them wrong with that with a 90% catch rate. Uh, as I said, I thought his demise was widely overstated. Uh, a lot of people... Just didn't want to believe Howard could do it. Uh, I'm still worried about him in the rushing game. He just hasn't been able to put it together as good as, or as well as he did that very first season. Uh, struggled last year with it. It seems to be struggling a little bit rushing-wise this year as well. But if he's going to keep getting the catches and getting touchdowns, then it really doesn't matter. He's going to come through for you for fantasy. Uh, Receiving-wise here, I mean, Trey Burton and Allen Robinson kind of led the led the team here. Uh, Burton with 55, Robinson with 50. Robinson, he's an elite one. Uh, doesn't look like he's fully back to what he was in his uh, elite year in Jacksonville, but I think he's getting close. I'd give him a couple more games. Uh, I do think Trubisky is the one holding him back here, coincidentally, like Blake Bortles was uh, kind of like that last year he was in Jacksonville before he got hurt. Other than those two, though, I mean, Anthony Miller, just 35 yards, did get injured, though, and has stayed out for most of the game. I'm sure he'll will be back. I haven't seen anything more on him. And then, I mean, realistically, that's it for for Chicago. On Arizona's side of things here, so Sam Bradford, just horrible again, 157. I mean, did get the two touchdowns with two interceptions. Josh Rosen came in late into the game, uh, was asked to win it, couldn't do it. They announced yesterday he'll be the starter. Uh, So interested to see what he looks like going forward now, Um, actually getting the first team reps and 
working with this offense, what he can do with them. You know, not an easy matchup going up against Seattle, though they're not quite the defense that they used to be. But I'm still really interested to see what Rosen can do. He looked a little shaky out there, but I'm not sure if that was just kind of being inserted in kind of a win-now win moment and that he wasn't prepared for it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, David Johnson was able to get into the end zone here. Still not much rushing, though. Uh, just 31 yards on the 12 carries, uh, but did come through in the passing game with the 30 yards and a touchdown, though. All that coming on the 21-yarder. You know, Johnson, he's still an elite back, but that offense, it just worries me. Hopefully that changes with Rosen being at quarterback. We'll find out. While I don't, again, don't think Seattle is the greatest test to throw him out there against. This offensive line is beat to hell. Just not good right now. And uh, e even more interesting to me in that crucial third down play, they actually had Chase Edmonds out there instead of David Johnson. Uh, not really sure what that's all about. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, you need to have the most explosive player on their offense out there. He wasn't. I mean, I just, I just don't know how you can trust David Johnson to be a top 12 back going forward if the offense is going to continue to look like this. But again, we'll hope for the upside here with Josh Rosen coming in and being the starter. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones finally showed up, 35 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, I'm still not sold on him being a top 12 tight end, though it wouldn't be hard to make it up in there as bad as the tight end uh, position is for fantasy football. Uh, I would like to see more of what he looks like with Kirk Cousins because he did, uh, didn't really seem to do much with Sam Bradford. We'll see if Co uh, Cousins, if Rosen uh, targets him here in these next couple games, but Christian Kirk went off, which was good to see. You know, 90 yards on the seven catches. Uh, I would love, you know, a lot of us in the fantasy football inter inter industry were hoping to see the connection between him and Rosen. Uh, a lot of us thought that Rosen would end up starting even with Bradford there because they thought he was the better quarterback. Uh, so definitely interested to watch. That's definitely going to be one of the games that I pay very close attention to next week in seeing if Rosen and Kirk can kind of get off to this nice little rookie connection and see if Kirk can turn it up. But definitely a nice game for him with the 90 yards. Uh, and then, of course, the Sunday night surprise game. New England falling to the Detroit Lions 10-26. to So... On New England side of here, Tom Brady, 133 yards, a touchdown interception. I'm not worried about him, guys. Uh, um, I did say earlier in the year when we did our consensus rakes that I do think this is the year that Tom Brady starts to fall down. Father time, as everybody says, the uh, old cliche is undefeated. I do think this is what the year that he starts to slow down and is not quite the guy that he's been pretty much his entire career. Um, but a lot of this, I think... Uh, a lot of people have talked about the fact that New England likes to experiment with their lineups and do a lot of different stuff in September. Uh, for the past couple of years, they've gotten off the two and two starts, and then they've ended up in Super Bowls, winning Super Bowls. Last year, though, they lost to, you know, they lost to the Eagles. They were still in the Super Bowl, starting off two and two. So I'm not too worried really about this offense, though. I think it's more how bad their offense has looked, not their defense, which is what's been the issue in the past. Uh, Sony Michelle finally got the workload here. Uh, I think that's good going forward. I would still trust James White at the moment. And give uh, Sony Michelle, I would say at least one more week to kind of get his legs under him, considering how much he missed in the preseason and kind of the first parts of the season 
with that knee injury, but he did get the 14 carries with 50 yards. I thought looked fairly decent. Uh, I think got outshone by the or out, uh, the rookie on the other side of the field and carry on Johnson outshined him, but we'll get to him in a minute. Uh, for me, James White is still the guy to own in this backfield, at least for right now, again, until I think Sony Michelle takes a leap forward in the next couple weeks. But James White, you know, 14 yards in the receiving game with a nice little over-the-shoulder touchdown and then 37 yards on the ground. And then in the receiving game, just complete trash except for Gronkowski, who only got 51 yards. I mean, Chris Hogan got 31. Uh, I do think this offense is going to change completely come Week 5, when Julian Edelman comes back, having Edelman in the slot, Hogan and Gordon likely on the outsides at that point, and Gronk at a tight end, this offense is going to look unstoppable. Then add in the fact that at times you could have Sony Michelle and James White sitting in the backfield, uh, giving defenses two looks, not knowing if they're going to throw to James White, or they could even throw to... Sony Michelle. I mean, either one. Likely, they won't run it with James White, but it doesn't matter. If he's out there, you have to account for him. Uh, so, I think this offense still has a lot to say and is going to get much better. I am not worried about them right now, but for me, I think the only guys you can start until Edelman comes back are Brady, White, and Gronk. On Detroit side of things here, Matt Stafford, another good day here. 262, touch, two touchdowns, interception. Uh, definitely turning around what he did that week one, uh, which was just horrible. Uh, you know, I think he's still can, he's on his upward trend to finish as a top 10 quarterback yet again this year. So no worries about Stafford right now. In the rushing game, so LeGarrette Blunt and Carryon Johnson both got 16 yard or 16 carries. The difference here. LeGarrette Blunt, 48 yards. Carry on Johnson, 101. Uh, it's been a decade. Uh, Reggie Bush, Thanksgiving was the last time that the Detroit Lions had a 100 yard game rusher. Carry on Johnson broke it, and Carry on looked damn good here. I love the way he runs. Uh, shows a lot of what he did at Auburn. I had him ranked as, I believe, my fifth back coming out. Um, really the only guy over him that I regret putting over him right now was Rojo. Uh, so, you know, just looked great. Uh, hopefully he'll get more carries now, uh, be kind of become the lead guy in this backfield because he can catch the ball very well as, uh, as well. Didn't get to do a lot of that in this game, just the two receptions, but I'm telling you guys, this guy can be an all around back. Uh, I, I do think, obviously, with LeGarrette Blunt probably being a, or I know he'll be a free agent again at the end of this year. I don't think he'll come back, is what I was going to say. Uh, so I think Carry On could be the, could get the chance then to take over the backfield. But I hope they give it to him this year because he just looked good in this game. Uh, for the receivers, uh, while Marvin Jones had the best game here, the 69 yards and a nice long touchdown. Uh, Golden Tate again, six receptions, 69 yards. It's just what this guy does. I'm telling you, at the end of the year, you'll be able to look at his stat line again. He'll have 11 to 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns because it's just what he does. 90 catches. He's a stud in PPR. You know, if you've got him, you're starting him every week. But again, Kenny G, baby, came through. Kenny Galladay, six catches, 53 yards, had a nice touchdown. Uh, was called a fumble at the goal line, out of bounds first. They reviewed it, showed that he reached the ball over the goal line before he fumbled it. Just a great play. This kid, I'm telling you, is going to be an elite wide receiver here soon. 
uh, you know, if it's if you're in a dynasty league, trade for him now. Because even though his value is likely higher than it's ever been, uh, it's only going to go up from here. I'm telling you guys, he's. I, I know Marvin Jones had the better game here, but not by much. Kenny G, in my opinion, has outshined him the past three weeks. Uh, Kenny G, Kenny G, G, Kenny G. My goodness, man, learn how to talk. Kenny Galladay is going to be Stafford's guy here going forward. I'm telling you, he's gonna. No, you know what? I'm even gonna say probably. I'm gonna say it. I'm going with it, guys. I'm going with it. Ready for this? You ready? Make sure you guys are recording this here at five five o'clock p.m. Tuesday, September twenty fifth. Kenny Galladay is going to finish as the number one wide receiver for the Detroit Lions in fantasy points in 2018. End recording. That's right. I said it. My bold prediction. If So if, if you want to consider it a bold prediction. But yeah, love Kenny Galladay. I love what he's doing. I think he's going to continue to shine all year long. So that does it for the Sunday games. We're going to jump right in to the Monday game last night. And man... Was it a good one with the Steelers barely holding on to beat the Buccaneers 30-27? to Ryan Fitzmagic looked like he had lost his magic, went back in, got a little Patronus going on or whatever it is you could say. Love Harry Potter um, in the locker room. Came back out and just had it going on. Let a huge charge being down 30-10. to putting up 17 unanswered points, and then had they just been able to make one stop on Big Ben, would have gotten the ball back, would have been nice to see what they did. But from the Steelers' side of things here, Ben comes through again, 353, three touchdowns, um, which was surprising in all honesty because Big Ben sucks on the road. Um, But he did look good. I think they came out very aggressive. They do tend to do this if you know the Steelers, and I realistically only know them because I'm a Browns fan, so... I do at times pay attention to what my rivals are doing. Uh, when they do suffer a lot of controversy, they do tend to come out and kind of show up and shut pe- try to shut people up. Uh, and if you do want to take into what happened with AB earlier this week as controversy, then you know that's your controversy you can use. James Conner, a little disappointing here. 15 carries, uh, 61 yards. They just couldn't get anything going against this Buccaneers front. Uh, still, I, I would ride Connors. I mean, still, he put up 34 yards in the passing game, so he came through for you in fantasy. Uh, but just not a not the you know 20 point game you've gotten from him out of the next two weeks. But it's okay. You're not going to get that every week, guys, because he's not Le'Veon Bell. He's good. He's not that good. Receiving game here. I mean, I can't even touch on the best guy in this in this wide receiver core yet. We're going to get to him last. So. Antonio Brown, six catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. Wait, that's right. I I went Antonio Brown first because he's not the best player in this wide receiver core. Uh, Other than that, though, nobody else really came through except for Vance McDonald, who put on a show Monday night with the stiff arm of all stiff arms on strong safety, Chris Conti, who, (laughs) unfortunately for him, just got put on injured reserve today. And um, while they were out there, I mean, Gerald McCoy was mic'd up, and you could hear what Vance McDonald was saying to Chris Conti as he just threw him threw him to the ground and stole this man's soul. I am talking scorched earth, motherfucker! I will massacre you! Now, while uh, Vance McDonald didn't really say that, his uh, post-game comments on the, the stiff arm were... 
legendary. I'm telling you guys, uh, you know, he said he wanted to cause him as much pain as possible. He was aiming for his temple because he just wanted to crush him. I mean, if you haven't seen the stiff arm, look it up. I'm sure it's been gift everywhere. Now at this point, it's probably all over YouTube. Check it out and then go look at his post game comments as well, because this is, you know, if you're Chris Conti, I just, I'm sorry. You know, you've got the, the fact that you have to probably relive that for the rest of your life is just going to suck. But I mean, it was it was epic among all uh, among all epic stiff, ar- stiff arms that I've ever seen. But now let's get to the best wide receiver in this wide receiver core. And I know it was brought up to by a few people that my my uh, other co-host here, John Hamler, said that uh, Juju Smith Schuster is a fold, and I said that he is the best wide receiver in this wide receiver core. I'm doubling down, baby. He's the best wide receiver on this team. He is going to outproduce Antonio Brown this year. I am saying it right now. You don't even have to hit the record button. I'll I'll repeat it every day if I have to. Juju is legit, guys. He is going to be and continue to be an elite wide receiver in this game. Not only is he awesome if you follow him on any social media, off the field, on the field, this dude is continuing to ball out 116 yards. No, he's third in receiving yards right now behind Mike Evans and Michael Thomas, who Mike Evans got most of, a lot of his work, obviously, last week in the fact that Ryan Fitzmagic has been all over the place, and then Michael Thomas is just a god among us at the moment. But Juju has just been putting it together. He's continued a string of 100 yards a game. I believe this is his eighth game in a row going back to last year. It's just ridiculous how good this guy is. How much Ben trusts him. On that last play, he didn't even look Brown's way when he scrambled out of the pocket. He threw it right to Juju, right in the middle of the field. Those two have a great connection. I'm telling you, if you've got Juju in a dynasty league, good for you. Because as long as Big Ben's there, he is going to be an elite wide receiver. And I'm telling you now, he is going to outproduce Antonio Brown stat-wise this year on that Steelers offense. He is just that damn good. On Tampa Bay's side of things here, so again, Ryan Fitzpatrick comes through again. First time in NFL history, a quarterback is thrown for over 400 yards three weeks in a row. Uh, puts up 411, three touchdowns, did have the three crucial interceptions that probably cost them the game here, uh, though I don't think two of them were really on him, one with the batted ball, and I really don't put the Mike Evans one on him either, because Mike Evans, you got to keep running your route, bruh, what you stop for, um, but other than that, Peyton Barber looked okay again here, uh, I don't think he's overly talented, just 33 yards. Mike Evans, obviously, with a huge game again, 137 yards and touchdown. Chris Godwin coming through again with 74 yards and a touchdown. Cameron Brait finally showed up. He is not dead, guys. He is alive, alive and well, still playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Got a touchdown. Deshaun Jackson, a little bit disappointing here with just 37 yards. I thought he'd score. Um, And then O.J. Howard yet again shows that continued connection with uh, Fitzmagic with the 72 yards in the air. So, all that being said, on the Steelers' side of things, guys, I'd be careful to buy too much into this win. Um, They looked great in the first half of this game. Don't get me wrong. They put up 30 points. That's not easy to do. Uh, While Tampa Bay's obviously been kind of scored on the past couple weeks, still putting up 30 points in the NFL is no easy feat. But they didn't score at all in the entire second half. Uh, This defense let Tampa Bay back into it. They looked like they had Tampa Bay reeling going into halftime. 
down uh, 30. That they were they were down 20 points. It was 30 to 10, and they let him get back in, score 17 unanswered points. Yes, Ben was able to make a crucial play at the end of the game to keep Pittsburgh or to keep uh, Tampa Bay o- offense off the field and allow them to win the game. But in my opinion, he is a Hall of Fame quarterback, and that's what they do. Uh, I would just be weary. I, I think this says more about how bad Pittsburgh is and how good they really are, even though they pulled out the win. And as for Tampa Bay side here, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is still going to be the starter next week, guys. I know Winston is able to come back, uh, but they are playing on a short week. I don't see them going against a really good Chicago Bears defense. Um, I don't see them just throwing Jameis Winston in the fire here. I could be wrong, but I think as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't completely implode, which he did it this week. It looked it looked like he was going to last night, but he turned it around in that second half. As long as Fitzpatrick doesn't completely implode, I think that he will continue uh, to be the starter here in Tampa Bay. So that'll do it for all of our uh, reviews, obviously. And uh, now I will go ahead and jump in and kind of give you guys... My uh, my my must adds um, for this week again. I'm going clearly off what a just strictly off of ESPN's ownership rankings here. Who how much someone is owned? Because again, in a lot of leagues that I'm in, you're not getting much off the waiver wire, so it's kind of hard for me to use those um, as kind of a a, um, a a looking point to to use uh, as an example for you guys. All right, so for me, my top option is obviously Tyler Boyd. We talked to Meadow yesterday. He is just, I mean, I I do think that he's going to be the second best wide receiver in Cincinnati. He's playing in the slot, so he's likely going to get good matchups most weeks. Uh, I said yesterday, I thought that he, this is his breakout year. If you can get him in dynasties, get him. Well, you probably can't get him now after those two games. Uh, But I do think he's going to be a legit wide receiver too going forward. He's uh, showing to only be 23% owned, so definitely if you can get him, I would get him. Um, Calvin Ridley as well for me. Um, same thing, really, in Atlanta. I think he's obvi- I think he's already beat out Mohamed Sanu. Uh, you, we all know Julio Jones is going to get a lot of the double coverages and the better uh, free safeties or cornerback matchups, which is going to free up Calvin Ridley at time. Uh, according to ESPN, he's 40%. 0.4% owned. So if you can get him, I would get him. Uh, on the running back side, Javorius Allen. Uh, he's getting a lot of red zone work, which is a little surprising to me. Uh, you would think they'd go with Alex Collins, the bigger back. Maybe it's because Allen is so effective in the passing game as well. They know they can use him in multiple different ways. He's only 38% owned. Uh, so he's a huge pickup for me, especially I would actually put him as my number one waiver claim. Uh, as much as I like Ridley and Boyd, uh, running back is just so much thinner compared to wide receiver uh, that I, I, he would be the one guy that I would really want to get over everybody else that I'm going to mention here today just because I'm not sure who else you'll be able to get running back-wise. I do have two other guys, though, uh, that I'll touch on, but he I take that back on, on mentioning those other two guys first. Allen is my number one waiver pickup. Uh, Chris Ivory, for as long as LaShawn McCoy is out, he had a great game last week. As I talked about yesterday, had over 126 yards. Um, I, I'm not sure Ivory's going to have much while McCoy's there, but chances are McCoy's probably going to sit for at least another week or two, so I'd try and grab him wherever you could. He's only 5% owned right now. 
get them and use them while you can because chances are, and I honestly, if you've got the bench depth, I'll probably hold him because McCoy does have the injury history, might get hurt again. And then obviously Wendell Smallwood, he showed up really good for the Philadelphia Eagles last week. Uh, got more carries than Corey Clement, although they both, you know, looked decent. Wendell Smallwood, if he can continue to keep producing, just 3% owned as long as J.H.I. and Darren Sproles are out. He's another guy I would look at. Quarterback, obviously my guy, Baker Mayfield, baby, the Bake Show. He is going to put up great numbers. I think he's going to consistently be a top 15 quarterback every week with the weapons he has in Cleveland. Uh, They don't have, at least in my opinion, a particularly hard schedule going forward. Only 6% owned. I'm telling you, this dude is going to be legit. Get him now. Uh, Other than those guys, though, that's really it for me. Uh, Dallas Goddard at tight end. Just 1% owned. I did say on the podcast last week I thought they'd use him more until Jeffrey gets back. Uh, Once Jeffrey comes back, I don't see Goddard being that big of a deal, uh, which they're saying he's not even really still not cleared for contact. So so we may be still looking at two weeks for Alshon. So Goddard, while I don't, he did finish his number six tight end this week. I don't expect that again, but still worth worth a look here. Man, I'm just trying to think of who else. I mean, Mike Williams, I mentioned earlier, he's 33% owned. I think he's the number two in Los Angeles now. I think he'll get more work opposite Keenan Allen. And then uh, my, lastly, Antonio Callaway, 16% owned. Uh, you know, I like what he's done. I like what he showed in the preseason. And again, he could have had a much better day Thursday night. Only had the six points. Could have had easily a 60-yard touchdown. Uh, had Tyra just hit him in stride. He had his defender beat by like easily, if I can remember correctly, three to four steps. Uh, and Tyra just completely underthrew him through that lame duck up there. You know, the little high school girl throw. Uh, no, nah, that's that's fucked up of me to say. I shouldn't say that. Tyrod's an NFL quarterback. But just didn't throw it to where it needed to be in front of Callaway for him to go up and go get, chase after it and get it like they did in the touchdown uh, against New Orleans. Um, so... Callaway here too, though he likely got picked up after that New Orleans game with the Josh Gordon news. Uh, I think from what I'm seeing on ESPN here, it says he's only 16% on. I personally don't believe that. But if he is out there, I definitely get him because uh, him and Baker showed a great connection in the preseason. And now with Baker being the guy there, uh, I have a feeling Antonio Callaway is going to have much, uh, many more big weeks than he does uh, s- small fantasy outings uh, going forward. And that right there is uh, my waiver wire picks for the week, guys. Uh, you know, for me, that is exactly. Now, you kids are probably asking yourselves, hey, Matt, how can we get back on the right track? That's exactly how you guys get your fantasy teams on the right track. Uh, you know, whether you're 0 and 3, 1 and 2, or 3 and 0, or 2 and 1. Uh, you guys got to keep fighting. Keep playing that waiver wire. Keep trying to improve your team because no matter where you are, it's not guaranteed yet. We're just three weeks into the season. You know, I was just telling somebody earlier today who was complaining about being 0-3. I was 0-3 in a, in a money league last year, came all the way back and won it, uh, repeated as champion, actually. You never know what's going to happen. Make trades. Stay vigilant on those waiver wires to improve your team because you never know what's going to happen. Bye weeks are coming up. A lot of teams are now going to be losing their best players, and if they didn't build depth like you possibly have or you should have, hopefully, 
you could end up winning these games because you've got guys sitting on your bench that other players can't, other teams can't plug in. So just like I said, stay vigilant on those waiver wires. Look for trades. Try and improve your team any way possible. And hopefully that that will continue to improve your fantasy team. Hope you guys continue to win. Again, thanks for listening. And before we head out, I do want to touch on something not fantasy relevant at all. So if if you guys don't want to hear it, I understand if you stop listening to the podcast right now. But uh, I'm, I'm also a big basketball fan. Uh, did any of you guys see Kawhi Leonard's interview yesterday? It was weird. The dude never talks. He gives an interview. The guy asks him a question, and he's like, oh, I'm a fun guy. I like basketball. And then just gives like this laugh that I swear to you sounds like this. Don't ever leave me. Ever. Good. Because I'd find you. <laughs> I mean, if if you guys know the movie, you know that part of it where that chick just seems crazy, and that's exactly that laugh that Kawhi Leonard gave. I'm telling you, go look it up. It creeped me out. Uh, you know, almost as bad as the the it character laugh, Pennywise the clown. I, I don't particularly like scary movies. That was it was just a weird laugh, very awkward. I can't even begin to imitate it, so I won't. Uh, I don't think I have the rights to play it on here. Otherwise, I would for you guys. You guys would probably crash your cars because it's really weird. Uh, So anyways, definitely check that out again. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll be back tomorrow uh, with my rankings, what I got wrong, what I got right. Going into week four rankings again, like I talked about earlier, we're going into the bye week, so this is really where our fantasy uh, seasons come down to the nitty-gritty building the depth, making sure we can win our weeks with our studs out. So I hope you guys had a great Monday night. Thanks again for listening. I will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Peace. Thank you again for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. Check us out on Twitter, FLA Blog on Medium, and come back tomorrow for a brand new episode. Have a great day, guys.